Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get the duck boats ready. After 39 long years, the cup is back home. The Bruins are 2011 Stanley Cup champions. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 19 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CLNS Radio. I'm Mike, joined alongside Jason as always. And it's been a good week for the Bruins, I guess you could say, even though Monday was not so good. The Bruins went 2-1 and one this week, as you and I predicted, but the one game that we predicted them to win, they lost. And the game that we thought, and one of the games that we thought they were going to lose, they won them both. So the Jekyll and Hyde season continues for the Bruins. And uh, there's one player I want to get to before we get into the game breakdowns is uh, Matt Pulaski. And Matt Pulaski was brought in as a free agent this year. He was one of the big free agents on the market, and the Bruins were able to sign him and pick him up. And it had a lot of people excited around Boston, and rightfully so. Everyone thought he was the Milan Lucic, Milan Lucic replacement. And I said to people at that time, I said, Slow, slowly roll a little bit. Pulaski's a good player, but he's not Milan Lucic. And... But people still like Bolesky, and I think Bolesky has been has had a solid year. Even though he hasn't been scoring a, a ton of goals, even though lately he has been scoring a, in in bunches. But before this, he was going game. He was going a bunch of games without scoring. It just seemed like he couldn't find a way to put the puck in the net. But he does everything that you could ask for out of a hockey player, with without a doubt from a coach. He backchecks. He works hard. He hits. He goes to the front of the net. He goes to the corner. He'll fight if he has to. Every time you watch a Bruins game and you watch Matt Pulaski play, you can tell he is going 100 miles per hour. He is working very hard, and he does whatever it takes he, whatever it takes as a player to help his team win a hockey game. And I agree with that. And from what I've been, what I've been hearing with the stats, he's on pace to have his best season of his career right now. Yeah, as like I said, as of late, he's been, he's been on fire. He's been scoring goals. He's had two, he had two goals. Last game he had two goals. The game before that, he had, no. He had two, he had two goals last game. Two goals against Columbus and one goal against Dallas. Right. Okay. So he's been scoring in bunches as of late, and it just seems like he's fi- like everything's finally coming around for him. And it's great. To see. And he's a and he's a plus five in the last four. And it's great to see because Bolesky's been one of the I think one of the better Bruins all season long. No, he's been consistent. He's been one of those ever players. He's one of those players that I liked. I like the fact that when we got him in the deal, we got him for a good deal. And he's beginning to pan out. And there's another player that we were going to talk about, too, who's on that same exact line. Right. I, I, I just think... Actually, wait a minute. No, no he's, he's not. not. They, they switch lines. They switch lines. But I, I just think Bolesky is finally being rewarded for all his hard work. And every every time someone brings up... And uh, Adam, one of our writers for, for the Bruins on CLNS Radio, has been saying that he's been the most underappreciated Bruin. And, and I think that he, he might be right because no one really talks about Bolesky when they talk about the Bruins. The first people you mentioned are Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci, and rightfully so. But I always think Pulaski slides right under the radar, and no one really talks about him around Boston. People, but once he gets brought up, people go, oh, yeah, Pulaski, he, he's a good player. He always brings it every game. 
But you kind of have to have someone bring him up before someone goes, oh, yeah, I forgot about Bolesky. I feel like he's always forgotten about. Well, he, that's the issue with it, and that's the issue that I have with Bruins fans is the fact that they fall in love with the players that have been on this team for years, and they don't really look at that perspective of the players that work hard or the players that have diminishing talent. They're in love with the players, and they have this refusal to want to get rid of some of these players because of the fact that they love them because of their character so much. Well, I just think Bolesky is finally... And Bolesky's worth the $4 million that we're paying him. Right, I just think he's, it's finally working out for him, and he's playing on the third line. He's been up and down the lines this year with Krejci, with... Spooner, he's been power play, non-power play, so I'm just happy that Bolesky's finally getting rewarded for all his hard work because he deserves it. And like you said, he's on pace for his best season yet, which I think is great. And he is, and it's been very, it really has, it's been very impressive to watch. And another person I want to bring up to recently is uh, David Pashnik. David Pashnik early on was not, was hurt, he wasn't playing, Claude Julian was benching him. But I think this recent stretch of games recently has really, Pashnik has really turned the corner. And what I mean by that is he looks more dangerous than he has before. Every time the puck's on his stick, I feel like a play's met, like something good's going to happen. He had two goals against Pittsburgh. He's always around the net. He's always shooting the puck. I feel like he's making great passes. He has great chemistry with David Krejci. I just feel like this is the most dangerous Pashnik has looked all season long, and I think his legs have finally finally came underneath him, and he's looking like the player that everyone thought he was going to be. And with that being said, Pasternak's play should be another larger reason why the Bruins need to get rid of Erickson while they can. Yes, Pasternak's one of the guys you look to if they trade Erickson to, to step up his game and be one of the offensive guys. And I said this the other day, I forget who I said it to, but I was talking about that Bruins traded Louis Erickson. I said, with Pasternak playing the way he is now, Pasternak looks like he's playing the best he's played all season long. And I said, with the way Bolesky has played, you just move Bolesky up with Pashnik and Krejci. And there you go. That line should be all set. And depending depending on, obviously, what you get in return for Louis Erickson, that's the big question. But You're going to get good value for Louis Erickson after that Andrew Ladd trade. That Andrew Ladd trade should help out the Bruins yeah, very well, much. And the Bruins shouldn't be hesitating. And I want to get into that after. Yeah, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about the Ladd trade later on. And we'll talk about all that stuff later on. But I, I just think Pashnik's play has been a lot better as of late. Obviously, sometimes he's still going to turn the puck over. And people, I think people forget how young Pashnik is. He's only 19 years old. People expect him to be like a savior of the Bruins' offense. And that's unfair to Pashnik. The kid's 19 years old. He's never... Last year was his first year in America. He's been over in the Czech Republic playing over there. People need to give Pashnik time and let him develop. No, he needs to develop, and he also needs to start protecting his feet for all the shots he's taking off of them. I know. So I, I've noticed that he's always been willing to block shots, too. Recently, he's been, he's been I think he's adjusting more to, to what Claude Julian wants him to do, and he's getting down to block shots. He's working hard. I mean, I just think... Don't, don't block him with his feet. He needs those. Yeah, he does need those, but I just think Pashnik is finally playing the way Bruins management and Claude Julian wants him to play, and I think this is great for Bruins fans because... The chemistry I think him and him and Krejci have developed has been spectacular. And it's a good bright spot for the Bruins' future. Maybe not so much for this year, but for the future. I think that the Bruins need it. Because well, he's going to have to get paid in the next couple of years, well, too. Who says Pashnik can't just continue the way he's playing now and even uh, and even help the Bruins into the playoffs and maybe even help them into the playoff run? I'm not going there, but I think it's a delusional mindset. Bruins fans think that the Bruins can go far in the playoffs. But that's just me. 
I'm telling you, you, you underestimate in this team. And I'm just going based on what I hear from a lot of other what people say, and I also just from what I see, I think that is too Jekyll and Hyde. And I want if this team gets in the eight eight seed for the playoffs and they get out go against Washington, they'll be out in the first round. Besides, other than, besides other than that, there's no other team you look at and say the I'm scared of them. I wouldn't want to play Tampa Bay if Tampa Bay gets going. Um, the Bruins always play well against Tampa Bay. It's a good matchup if Tampa Bay gets going. I'd watch out. What, if the, Bru- the what if the Bruins get going? What if? Yeah, so that's, See what we're that, that's what you're playing, the what if game with Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. You're playing this, you're doing the same thing. You're it. doing the same thing with those teams that I'm doing with the Bruins. So you can't say that I'm playing the what if game and you are too. No, we, we, we both are. I just, I do not believe in this team and I do not believe in Don Sweeney and the way he's managing this team. You know the Bruins have beaten Pittsburgh the past six times they've played them? They played them without Malkin yesterday. But, but yes, they put them without Malkin, but they still have beaten them the past six times they've played them. They played them twice. It, that's, that's, and they played them twice earlier on this year. They played them twice earlier on. Pittsburgh's a very good matchup for them. Okay, then. So I don't know why you're scared of Pittsburgh if the Bruins play them in the playoffs. The Bruins swept them two years ago, and they had two goals the whole series. You could, so, should that, so should that mindset want you to keep Erickson when you can get more value for I never said future. keep Erickson. I'm just saying no. you're underestimating this. But that's, that's the mindset of people, fans. Who are saying that they want to keep Erickson? Is you know, let's keep Erickson, go deeper into the playoffs. And I think to the, to the fact that if the Bruins continue to build towards the future, like they started doing over the summer, they could still make the playoffs. Yeah, I think they, they can still make the playoffs too. But I never said keep Erickson. All I'm saying is you're you're underestimating this Bruins team. Oh, of course I am because I, I want to be proven wrong. So I mean, the, I don't. There's not one team needs to conference I fear except Washington. Not one. The Bruins can compete with all of them. The only that's the only team the Bruins. In the Eastern Conference playoff structure, that's the only team the Bruins have a losing record to. It's Washington. Yeah, and they can't be complacent. And, you know, yes, they've played two good games and they lost to Columbus. I, am not, I have not yet seen the consistency that I'm looking for in the team. So when they when they start showing me that and the effort and the effort and the losses, then I'll change my mind. Okay, you could say you haven't seen the consistency, which is fair because the Bruins aren't consistent. They really aren't. But the Bruins are 11-5 and against Eastern Conference playoff teams. That's a good stat, but I still, like I said, we'll see. I want to be proven wrong. Doesn't make their 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 record doesn't prove anything to me. What? How is their record not prove anything to you? It means they're they're getting wins, they're getting points, and they're beating teams. But that's different than the playoffs. How? You're they're eleven and five against playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. That's good. It's a good step, but they haven't played these teams when they really get going. And the Bruins I mean, are a team that will show and, and up when not, they want to show up. And none up. of these teams have show, played the Bruins when they've really gotten going. So the same argument can be made for the Bruins. Actually, now that you say that, I take that back. Um, as I'm sitting here looking at the standings, Florida's come right back down to earth. Literally. I know. I said that the Bruins are right there. I don't – like, I don't – if Tampa Bay passes, passes Florida and we play Florida in the first round, are you really going to be nervous about Florida? No. Florida wouldn't scare me too much. If the Bruins play Detroit, are you going to be nervous about Detroit? A little. I'll be a little bit, but yeah, but I'm not sitting there saying the Bruins can't beat them. I'd say the the Bruins won't beat. Uh, no, they could. I, I the exactly. teams I'd be so most now, worried about are back, the. Now you're backtracking because you know that. that yeah. The no, you got me. You got you got me on that argument. There, you're good. The Eastern Conference isn't that good. The Bruins could make a run, and who's to say Washington won't lose in the in the second round? They've lost in the second round almost every year. Now they, they could make a run, but is it really worth mortgaging the future to get to the finals and lose to a Western Conference they're, team that's going to win They're not going to be mortgaging any future. They're not trading anyone away. 
they, they need to trade somebody away. They need to think about the future. Otherwise, they are mortgaging their future. Not really, because they still have all prospects. They still have a ton of picks. They still have two first-round picks next year. If the Bruins don't make a trade and stand pat, right? I, I will be mad. Don't get me wrong. I will. But I'm just saying, if they stand pat and they don't trade anyone away, they still have a ton of prospects that we've talked about on the show numerous times. Sanishin, DeBrusque, Zaboral, Lawson, Carlo. Uh, Fitzgerald, Grizzlick, they still have so many players and prospects in their pipeline. They're not mortgaging any future for to make a run this year. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a wait and see process, but those prospects won't be coming up for another two or three years. I know, but you're saying mortgage the future and build towards the future. Those players are building towards the future. So if you're waiting for those players in two to three years, why not try and make a run this year? Bergeron, Rask, and Krejci, and Martian aren't getting any younger. True. You got me there. So you got to make a, so I I'm, I'm not saying the Bruins should keep Erickson. Like I said, I've been on board. I've been on the trade Louis Erickson trades and trains since day one. I just don't So what what do you what do you think of the news that they're trying to resign him? You think that it's just a ruse to get the teams to build out the trade market more? I think it's 50-50. I think I think Sweeney and Neely do want him, but I think that Erickson's asking price is too much. And I don't think the Bruins are willing to go there. And I think 5 years is way too much to to sign Louis Erickson for 5 years. He's 30. He'll be 31 years old at the next season start. That means you'll have him until he's 36, 37. Erickson has concussion history. I, I don't think five years is good enough for Louis Erickson. And I think this year that Louis Erickson's having this year has been a good year. But I also think it's his contract year, so he's playing a lot better than he, he usually plays Bingo. because he wants to get paid. And and don't get me wrong, I would, I would be in the same spot. I'd want to get paid too. But I, that, that's what I'm worried about with Louis Erickson. So I think the Bruins do want to keep him. But I think they're looking for like a Matt Bolesky type contract than what Louis Erickson is asking for. And Louis Erickson can get what he wants on the open market, so they need to trade him before he before it, they, it kills him in the end. Right, I agree with you. I I would I would trade Louis Erickson, and like I said to you before, you trade Louis Erickson depending on what you get back. So say you get back a, a defenseman or, or something. I want Dumba. Dumba's good, yes, and you could. Just- I want Dumba. I watched him on the Stadium Series game, and I want that's the player that I want. Yeah, he's a good player, and also you like I just said to you, you slide Bolesky up. You call it Vetrano, boom. And I'm not saying that Vetrano is going to come in and, and collect all the points that Erickson got, but Vetrano's tearing it up in the AHL. Bolesky's... The Bruins will still make the playoffs with Vetrano in the lineup. That's what I'm saying. They still have Bergeron, they still have Rask, they still have Martian, they still have Krejci. They still have... Bar- four- that's barring the New the New Jersey Devils going on a fantastic run to get into the playoffs and I- any of the Eastern teams not... Feeling, but I just don't see the New Jersey Devils being able to go on a big run like that. I didn't, I've watched the games recently, neither do I. And the other team that's right there is Carolina, and the Bruins just beat them last night. Carolina's going to probably sell after last night's game from what I heard. Exactly, so they're, they're eight points back. The, the, team, the, the team to really watch out for to go on a run is Philadelphia, who's getting Claude Drew back. Yeah, Philadelphia always seems to make a late push. Ottawa seems to be playing a little bit better as of late, but... These teams just dug themselves into quite a hole that they're going to have to go on quite a bit of a stretch. Like, the Bruins will have to lose, like, five games in a row for, like, a team to catch them. It's not impossible. Remember, we discussed this last week. It's not impossible with the schedule for them to do that. It's not impossible, but I think the Bruins are just – the Bruins are good enough to not lose five straight. I mean, I I know it's hockey. Everything can happen. Like I said, that's why I'm not going to put 100% guarantee that the Bruins won't lose five straight. I just think the Bruins are good enough not to lose five straight. Like, no, they have a good schedule, but I don't see them losing five straight. I could see them losing like five of the next eight, five of the next nine games. But still, four and five is still collecting eight points. 
that's that's still a pretty good that's still pretty good to keep him in the playoffs. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, in that whole entire part. If you hover around five hundred, it should be good enough to keep you in the playoffs. And that's why that and that's why they need to maximize Erickson's value, which is why this week is this weekend's gonna be interesting. They also, and I still do truly believe this, they need to really good at Chara, convince him to waive his no trade clause, and if they can trade Chara, they need to go for it. Well, I I think that if you're the Bruins, you you take calls on Chara. I wouldn't. Um, my good buddy Mike Grinnell from ESPN New Hampshire who covers the Bruins brought this point up to me, and he said, "You know how you and I have talked about on this show how if we trade Chara to Chicago, you trade Chara to L.A. He's going to be the third defenseman. He's going to be on the one of the bottom pairs, and he and you limit his minutes." And he said to me, "Why wouldn't you try doing that with the Bruins?" And it really made me go sit back and go, "Wow, I never thought of it like that. Like, why can't the Bruins go out and acquire defensemen and then?" limit Chara's minutes. Because Claude Julian is stubborn and wants to stick with his players and he can do it until the Bruins lose. I mean, I think if I think Claude Julian has to play Chara right now though. Who else is he gonna play? I would keep I would play you know what, as much as they don't like it, I would keep playing McQuaid and Krug. Although from McQuaid what I've just... heard, wait a minute, here's an even better thing. Here from what I've heard, the Bruins should consider fielding calls on Tory Krug. I'm a little, I'm a little bit worrisome about trading Tory Krug. I think Tory Krug's been the Bruins' best defenseman all season long, and I think he's really proven something to the Bruins fans this year and Bruins media. And I think his, and I here's think, the argument. This isn't my argument. I'm giving the argument from what I've heard. The Bruins, the Krug has done a good job, but the Bruins have taken away too much from Krug's game. Krug, when Krug first came in, how, what, what kind of defenseman was Tory Krug? He was an offensive defenseman, but. But Tory Krug wanted the role of becoming a top four defenseman. So if he wanted the role of becoming a top four defenseman, that's what he's going to have to do. He's not going to have to be. He's not going to be a offensive defenseman like he was when he came when he first came when the Bruins made the cup against Chicago. Tory Krug was their sixth defenseman and was used strictly for offense. But this year he upped his game, and I think Tory Krug's been impressive. So if the Bruins trade him. He's going to go to another team and be a top four defenseman. The other team's not going to look at him as strictly an offensive defenseman. And I think Tory no Krug- doubt, and that means you're going to get good value for him if they trade him. They're going to get something good for him if they were to do that. It's just an it's just an idea. It's not something I would do, but I've heard that idea come around. Right, and that's why I'm just telling, I'm just telling, you know I'm worrisome about trading Tory Crew. I think it would be a mistake. It it would be, it would be a, it would be a sign that they were going to be sellers at the deadline. If, they, if that right. were to happen, it would. And, to, and to, even though Tory Krug's not scoring goals like he has this year, but he's still putting up points. He's still contributing to the assists. He's still making great passes. He's still contributing to the offense. He's just snake bitten right now. Like we just talked about with Pulaski. I feel like once Tory Krug scores one, they're all going to start coming. And that's and that will hopefully be Tory Krug. And then, you know, it's going to be interesting to do it, see the way that, that plays out for the Bruins. This is gonna be an exciting. This is gonna be an exciting forty-eight hours. It really is. The trade deadline is Monday at three p.m. and I like the NHL trade deadline because I feel like there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of news. TSN. If you don't follow TSN, people like Bob McKenzie, Darren Dreger, please follow them because they have everything and anything related to the NHL. They are the best people to follow. I mean, have you heard all the rumors with Louis Erickson? Like the fact that the asking price for Erickson. Is a first-round pick in Dmitry Yashkin from St. Louis Blues. Yes, I did hear that, and I thought. And I, I looked, actually, and I like that. I have, I, I've heard a I lot actually, of good things about Yashkin. I do, I do like that. To be honest, I, I've watched Yashkin play with in St. Louis. I think he's a good young player, and people are going to be like, "Well, what about defense?" And I go, 
I understand you want defense, but you're replacing Erickson with another winger. And then you could maybe use him as a trade chip, a young, a young up-and-coming player, and try and trade him for a defenseman. So I wouldn't hate that move at all. To be honest, I think or that gives you another first round pick, so you can do two first round picks, go out and get that defenseman that you want. All right, we'll have three it first round options picks in the first round. We'll have so many options. That's why I wouldn't hate it, and that's why I said to you, I'm, I'm, a, I would trade Louis Erickson. I'm a fan of that, but I just think I just like in the overall picture, I think you're underestimating this Bruins team, and you're over. Oh, of course I am. I haven't seen I haven't seen up until the last two games, and I think the last two games are fluky because they were matchup games. I haven't seen the consistency and the effort and the heart in this team the entire season. Now, and then that's coming from a fan. I want that urgency. I want that will to win. If they start showing me that, I'll come around and say, okay, they might have a chance. But I haven't seen it. But no team in the in the Eastern Conference has really been consistent except Washington. Washington's and, insane. And that's what I'm trying to and I really think that the reason that the conference looks like this is because the Western Conference is so dominant. The Western Conference is really, really good. They've been good for years now. They've won five. They won the last five Stanley Cups. They're insane. And I know it's only two teams, Chicago and LA, but you see, like Chicago, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be Chicago this year. Come on, they just made, they just acquired three players for like next to nothing. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll get to that a little bit later on with the trades. It's, and remember, you know how we were saying and debating earlier this week about teams trading their captain? Didn't Winnipeg just trade their captain? Yes, they did. So it's not impossible that Bruins could trade their captain too and have it work out in their favor too. Just, just, a, just, a, just a thought to those people that are listening to the show. Yep. So uh, we'll get to a little bit more of the trades in a little bit. We'll get we'll break down all the trades in the around the NHL segment. But let's break down the three Bruins games this week. So I read the two and one. You predicted two and one, I believe, too, right, Jason? Yeah, I went two and one. My loss was to Pittsburgh, but I got that wrong. So we were both awful at this we're, week. No, we both had the record right. We just didn't pick the games right. So the Bruins come off of a great game against Dallas Stars, as we talked about, and they lay an egg against Columbus. And you're sitting there, and you, like as a Bruins, as a Bruins fan, and covering the Bruins, you, just, you literally sit there and you just go, "Yep, that's the Bruins for you." They beat a good, they beat the Stars seven to three, and then the next game they. Give up six goals to Columbus. That's the Bruins. Jekyll and Hyde, up and down, yep. roller coaster ride. And this game was frustrating too because and Columbus, Columbus is a scrappy team. They they do have some skilled young players that I think are going to be good in the NHL for for quite some time. That Boone Jenner player, that Boone Jenner player on Columbus, I think is a very good player. And they have some talent. They have Tortorella there who's trying to install a new system into his player. But I just think that was a a game the Bruins could have had. The Bruins could have had two more points in that game if they let one slip away. No, it was that, that game was hard to watch because they had so many chances and they let it slip away. And the one thing I, I I'm not gonna really harp on Claude Julian for this. I just think if Tuka Rask played, the Bruins would have won. I think Gustafson had a really really bad game, and I know Gus has been pretty good for the Bruins all season long. So I'm not trying to jump down Gustafson's throat, but. I just think if Tuka Rask plays that game, the Bruins win. And I I just don't know why Tuka Rask didn't play. Every point matters now. Claude Julien and the team stresses this every game. And I'm sorry. I know it's it's selfish of me to say, but Tuka Rask is being paid $7 million. He should be playing every game. No, he should be. He should be playing at least 90% of the games that are played during the season. That's why he's getting paid $7 million. 
Right, the games are starting to matter now. now. I won't get into Tugarask, but I've heard a lot of people bring in their debates on Tugarask too, but I'm going to stick on the fact that Tugarask has played a pretty good season this year, and uh, Bruins fans need to praise him rather than harp on him. And I just think if Tugarask is... If Tugarask is playing that game, you win. And, look, I, I understand that earlier on in the season, Gus Sim was playing well. Tugarask was trying to find his games here, playing Gus more. But now all Rask has found his groove. All these games matter now. Like, every game matters. You need points. Even if you can get to overtime against a, in a game, it matters because any point matters with how close the Eastern Conference is. And I just think Tugarask should have played that game. No, he should have. You know, that that would have been that could have been the reason the Bruins could have gone three zero. But the Bruins, if you noticed something about the Bruins the last couple of games, yes, the Bruins have won the last couple of games. But have you noticed the number of shots that this team has given up? Yes, they're giving up a lot. And of how shots. well Tukaraz has played? Tukaraz has been spectacular these past few games. He so this team's been. gonna ride and die on Tukaraz. It's gonna that, come down to Tukaraz's shoulders. That's what's gonna have to happen. It came, that's what Tim Thomas has, did when the Bruins won the cup last. And that, and you know what? That's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought that up. The reason the Bruins won the cup was because of Tim Thomas, not because of the team. Tim Thomas stood on his head in that playoff run. That's what Tukarask is going to have to do. Right, and, and, that's, and that's what I'm trying to say is if, if Tukarask has played the way he's played the past two games, the way he's been playing this season, I believe, I think he has a chance to do it. I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying he has a chance. Definitely, definitely a chance if he plays well like that in the playoffs, and that's really what matters is getting the team to the playoffs and then playing that way in the playoffs. And what was, fr- and what was frustrating with that Columbus game too is the Bruins score four goals. And usually when the Bruins score four goals, they win. And to see them score four goals and lose, you sit there and you go, oh, that's a tough one to swallow. It's an effort It's an effort thing. They could have stopped it. Dennis, Sein- Dennis Seidenberg looked really bad in this game, too. Get rid of Dennis Seidenberg. He looked really, really bad in this game. <laughs> really, he was really old, really slow. Columbus's young, young, skilled forwards seem to go by Seidenberg a lot. I'm telling you straightforward. If you have Kevin Miller, Chara, and Seidenberg in the starting lineup next year for the Bruins, it's... Things don't bode well for that defense. Kevin Miller is a free agent, so hopefully he's long and gone and packing his bags and going somewhere else. But it, actually, did you notice that Claude Julien finally? Well, we'll get to this in the Pittsburgh game. So after the Bruins' terrible loss against Columbus, and wondering if the Bruins will ever win another home game, uh, <laughs> they played Pittsburgh Wednesday night, and this is the biggest game of the week in my opinion because Pittsburgh and the Bruins are battling out right in front for points in. At the time, the Bruins were in the wild card spot because they uh, Detroit passed them and Tampa Bay passed them. So the Bruins and Detroit were both in the wild card spot, and uh, the Bruins did a really good job in the third period of this game. As you said, the first two periods, I think Pittsburgh was all over them, and the Bruins just were able to score two goals. And but the one thing I do want to say is that the Br- Chara and McQuaid, Claude Julian. Kevin Miller made a horrible turnover to Sidney Crosby, and Sidney Crosby almost scored. And Claude Julien made the switch of benching or demoting Kevin Miller to the third pairing and brought up Adam McQuaid to play alongside Chara. And Adam McQuaid did a phenomenal job of staying with Crosby and frustrating Crosby and limiting Crosby's opportunities. And I sat, and I literally said, oh, Claude Julien, I, I could kiss you on the forehead right now for, for putting Kevin Miller on the third pair. But now, do it even further and put him in the, the freaking ninth floor. Colin Miller's played well in freaking province. They need to bring Colin Miller back up. They want to have a chance. What is the point also, of Kevin... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what is the point of Kevin Miller being on the third pairing of your team? You have Adam McQuaid 
who is a similar type player, and he is better than Kevin Miller. You don't need Kevin Miller. No, and that's Claude Julian's problem. And the Bruins just consider trading Kevin Miller. Well, they won't be able to get much for him. They should just do it to get rid of him. Play a bring Colin Miller up. And then the other argument people have is, okay, so Claude Julian had it made it, was easy to make that change. So if Evgeny Malkin's in that lineup for the Pittsburgh, how does that, do, how does that go? Right, and that's why... Because uh... you're talking about... You're talking about another star player, and that and that shows you the depth of how much better Pittsburgh has gotten. No, absolutely. When when Malcolm comes back, it makes a huge difference. So I know the Bruins beat Pittsburgh when they were a little bit shorthanded, which is fine. It's still a good. They were they had Pittsburgh had six AHL players in that lineup. Yeah, that but you game. know what? And they should. They played pretty good. You know what? You may, what made me notice about Pittsburgh though. Their defense is horrible. Their defense is just like the Bruins. That's te- they're terrible. And I don't think Mark Andre Fleury is a good goaltender. Oh, Mark Andre Fleury has gone downhill for sure. That's that's been known for a little while. He's a he's not that he Stanley that Cup one... goaltender he was like five six years ago. No, he won that one cup, but besides that, I don't really see much from him. No, I I haven't. I can but... agree with that statement. And the third, uh, Brad Marchand. Scored his 30th goal in the third period of that game, or was that 31? Oh, I, I lost track at this point. He scored 32 yesterday. Yeah, so it was his 31st goal. It was, 30, it was 31st, yes. Yes, 31st goal. And uh, I want to ask you, is he getting to 40, Jason? He's at 32 right now. Yes, yep, yep. Don't even have to question that one, yep. 40, I'm going to say 40. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go 45. 45, holy smokes. 13 goals in the last 20 games? Yep. The way he's playing. Yep. Not even a question that. Uh, so yes, the Bruins. The Bruins were able to pull out a victory against Pittsburgh five to one. They ended up scoring three third period goals. And the Bruins. The Bruins during this offseason need to extend Brad's Mar- Brad Marchand's contract while they can. I know. That needs to be the move this offseason. Brad Marchand. Before, Brad Marchand before is, the asking price goes up in free agency the year after. Right. Brad Marchand is not a free agent after this year, but the year after. So, you know, Brad Marchand's going to be looking for a contract relatively soon. I go 7 for 7. And we'll see We'll see what Neely and Sweeney can, can muster up for Brad Marchand. But a good win for the Bruins. The Bruins jumped over Detroit in this game to, um, to second place, tied with Tampa Bay. And then the Bruins move on to play Carolina, and I looked at this game and said the Bruins need to win this game too. Like Carolina's not, Carolina's a team fighting for their lives, yes, but I don't think they're as good as the Bruins are. And you saw it last night; they just Columbus, Carolina just doesn't have it. And the Bruins were able to find a way to get a victory. Matt Bolesky scored two goals, played very very well. Um, Ryan Spooner, Bolesky, and Jimmy Hayes, I think, have been the line that have been really playing well the past few games, and we haven't really talked about them much on this show like Hayes and Blesky and stuff, but that line's been doing really well for the Bruins at the plate. So you've got, so I'm going to put this into perspective. You've got that Blesky line playing great. The uh, the other two lines, Bergeron's line and Pasternak's line playing decent. doesn't hurt to reshape the roster at this point because you can get rid of that fourth line. That fourth line's a grinding line at that point. You can you got some value there with your players. The Bruins can still make moves and they can get better. I do not think that they're smart standing pat. They try to stand pat this week. The Bruins can get better, obviously. Any, any team can get better. They can get they can get better now and still for the future. I still they, there is possibility they can get better now and for the future if they play it right. Right, agreed. Also, I forgot to bring this up, but 
just uh, David Pasternak was the youngest player in Bruins history to score a penalty shot goal. And holy smokes, that pass by Krejci to send Pasternak on a breakaway was unbelievable. That was like uh, Brady Edelman right there. Yeah, just floated right or over. Or Brady the Gronk, whichever way you want to play it. Floated right the over the top of the defense. Pasternak picks it up in stride. Oh, that pass was great. That just shows the skill of David Krejci right there. But if you remember a goal very similar to that, remember Tyler Sagan's first ever first ever goal? Yes, I do. Very similar, right? It was very similar. I have to go back to see who made that pass, so it wouldn't take and score. I don't remember that one. Right, but it was, but, it was the pass by Krejci was just unbelievable, and Pasternak just caught it in stride, and Pasternak ended up scoring again in that game, and that was where he looked at it and said, okay, Pasternak could really be a player for the Bruins. That's- Pasternak, even with injuries, I could see Pasternak being a 15-goal scorer this season. Right, we'll have to wait and see. Pasternak's been playing a lot better as of late, so looks looks signs look good for the Bruins right now with Pasternak, but... But yeah, back to the Carolina game. Uh, the local kid Noah Hannafin scored a goal against the Bruins, though. No, and it was a nice goal too. It was fun to watch. Yeah, not, good for him. The, I think the Bruins are trying to get Noah Hannafin in the off season. The Bruins, I think the Bruins are trying to trade up for him, but we'll never know. But Noah Hannafin scored against the Bruins, the home uh, local kid uh, from Massachusetts. So good for him. I'm happy he scored because the Bruins won the game, so it doesn't bother me. The Bruins were able to find a way to Karask had. 39 saves, I believe. And they have Bruins have about 40 shots, though. Like you said, the shots have been concerning. As of late, the Bruins have been giving up way too many shots. The, the Bruins need to figure out a way to limit the other team's opportunities. Yes, and the biggest thing is, and this is a thing that a lot of people don't understand, yeah, the Bruins beat Carolina and Pittsburgh. But at some point, the speed of a lot of these hockey teams, and I'm going to go Tampa Bay being an example. Tampa Bay is a team that's built around speed. They're going to start using that Chara matchup to their advantage and the Bruins are going to have to do something about it to answer. I don't think they have an answer. It's, they're going to live and die with what they have. They get, they're not going to have a choice. And that's why I think that the Bruins... That's why, I, again, I can say I don't have that much faith in the Bruins as a whole if Chara's on the ice as much as he is because of the, the speed of the other teams. If Tuka Rask stands on his head, that's a different story. But these... Tuka Rask is a shell... Not Tuka Rask. Chara is a shell of himself. And the teams are going to start taking advantage of that. You can see it. Excuse me. Yeah, we'll wait and see how Chara holds up because Chara has broken down in the past two seasons late in the late in the year. It's been since he had the ACL injury. Right, he's been breaking down, and it's, I think it's because he's been playing too many minutes, like you said. But we'll have to wait and see if he breaks down this year. We'll see for sure. I mean, I think he's already started. I mean, his play has definitely diminished. I don't think he's broken down, but I meant broken down as like injury. His body just couldn't take it anymore. That's what I meant by broken down. Okay, and then that's different. I don't think he'll break down like that, not his body. I think his speed and everything else will go, go but he, he won't break down when it comes to health. That's different. Yeah, it is different. So, excuse me again, 2-1 two and one, two and one week for the Bruins. They get two much-needed victories on the end, and they finally got a home win, Jason, if you can believe it. Yeah, they finally got a home win, and it was a good matchup game for them with Malkin being out. So I try not. I'm trying. I'm. I'm the pessimist. With everybody else is the optimist. I get that. But yes, good. So. Good week for the Bruins. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how the rest. How obviously the rest of the season goes. We'll have the breakdowns of the next, next few games. Just, we can only take it week to week here. Yes, with this Bruins team, it's, I think if you if you looked at it month to month, you'd have a hard sack with this Bruins team. <laughs> uh, you can't do that. You, month to month, you would go crazy. You might as well be on Six Flags Superman for 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 a, for a month straight watching this Bruins team. Up yep. and down and up and down. Screaming and yelling and cheering and laughing. That's what the Bruins give you. Yep. They drive you crazy. They really do. 
No, but they got a lot of the Bruins, though. But anyways, let's get to uh, some of these trades that have happened around the NHL. And they mostly revolve around the Chicago Blackhawks. But the one trade that it kicked it off that started the start of the week was the Toronto Maple Leafs traded Roman Pollock and Nick Spalling to San Jose for Rappi Torres' contract and a sec- two second-round picks. And once I saw this deal, my eyes lit up. I was like, wow. If Roman Pollock and... Nick Spalling, who are two okay average players, are getting two second-round picks. I was like, Louis Erickson deserves a mansion and in return for them. Because Louis Erickson's twice the player those players are. And that's not a, that tra- and that's that, not that a knock on those players. No, that, that trade set up the week. Yeah, and I'm not trying to knock those players at all, but that trade was like, holy smokes. If they're getting... If San, if San Jose's giving up this, what, are the, what could, possibly could the Bruins give up? And then the Chicago trade happened, and that kind of started really speaking for itself. And I was just like, that's absurd. That's absurd. That trade's literally absurd. And good for San Jose. I get it. They're trying to make a little bit of a run, but San Jose, come on. Like, you have no chance in your division. You play have to go to the Ducks and the Kings. Good luck with that. Yeah, no, it's a hard thing to go for, for sure. And San and, Jose's uh, never been able to pull it off. They've always choked. They got Joe Thornton. They're going to choke. They always choke. That's show. what they do. That's what they do. They never made it to the Stanley Cup. And they've had the most talented teams in the league for like three years running. And they just could never make it to the Stanley Cup. Nope. And they won't make it this year. Nope. So, no. yes. Yes. No yes. Way. The, Sharks, the Sharks made that trade for the future. I, I guess so. But they gave, they gave up two second round picks for the future. To get two, to get to get two probably future, I wouldn't say stars, but two future good players. Who knows? Who knows why? Who knows why the Sharks made that trade? But to give up two second round picks just reminds me vividly of Johnny Boychuk. Oh man, jeez, don't get me going on that one. But anyways, so Chicago was pretty active this week. They how do they do it? <laughs> That's first, my question. Their first trade was to Winnipeg. They got Andrew Ladd. Andrew Ladd was on the 2010 Blackhawks that won the Cup back then. When they had the after the Blackhawks won the Cup that year, they had to kind of dismantle their whole team and stuff like that. Andrew Ladd was on that team. He went to uh, Winnipeg, and the Blackhawks got him back. They tra- uh, Blackhawks gave up Deneau, and why am I blanking? I just had this. I just had the trade in front of me, but I can't think of it. Sorry, one second. I know. I know they had Deneau in a first round pick. You know, those were two main parts. Then you had Matt Fraser in there. Matt Fraser is going to Chicago, and I forgot he was even still in the league, to be honest. I didn't even know he was on Winnipeg. Go- yeah, journeyman. Yeah, well, that just goes to show how bad that Sagan trade was. Oh, that Sagan trade was horrible. So bad. So, so bad. But anyway, so yeah, Matt Fraser was going to the Blackhawks. Um, sorry, I'm trying to look up. I had the trade in front of me, but I must have missed uh, misplaced it because I... So the Chicago Blackhawks get Andrew Ladd and trade for Winnipeg Jacks. But and Andrew Ladd was the number one player on the market there too. So well, I said he was the number one player on the market, but I think I think Louis Erickson and Lou, and Andrew Ladd are very very similar players. So if, if the Blackhawks gave up that for Ladd, I think the Bruins would be able to get something similar. From a team. and that's why you say trading Louis Erickson right now should be a no brainer. It shouldn't even be an afterthought. The Bruins should be jumping at this. If the team gives them that kind of, if the team's getting that kind of offer for Andrew Ladd, it should be a no-brainer to trade Louis Erickson. It should be a no-brainer to trade Louis Erickson. So, I like I said, me and you have been on that train since the whole for the 
for quite some time now. I mean, yes, I know you keep Louis Erickson and he walks at the end of the season. That's exactly what's going to happen. So basically, you, tr- you don't trade Louis Erickson, you're getting the cap space back. That's it. All right, so this is the trade. Sorry, it took me a minute to look it up. So the Winnipeg Jets get Marco Dano, first-round draft pick, and a conditional pick. Oh, sorry about that. A conditional pick if Chicago makes it to the um, it's a, if they win the cup, the cup. If they win the cup. And what is Chicago? In Chicago got Andrew Ladd, who wants some return? Matt Frazier. And who's the other player? I just had it up, but I just whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's like a it's like a throw-in type prospect or something like that 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 probably won't even make the team. So the Blackhawks get the big player on that was Andrew Ladd, obviously because. That's a big that's a big move for the Blackhawks to be able to get Ladd because the Blackhawks will be able to put Ladd with, with Tease and Hoster on their first line, and that's scary. No, it is scary, and the Blackhawks just got better yesterday with two trades yesterday. It was one trade. Oh, they did make two, two trades. trades. Yes, they got – so they made a trade with the Kings, which, which I thought was funny because you, you look at it and you go, those are probably the two teams that are going to be fighting for the Western Conference finals maybe. And, then, and they trade and, defensemen. And they, yeah, they trade defensemen. So that's that's usually that's ironic. Usually the Bruins wouldn't make a trade with like say Washington right now because it's, if the Bruins make the Cup Finals, you're probably gonna be playing Washington. So it was it was funny to me. Actually, actually, the Capitals made a trade as well. They got defenseman Mike Weaver from Buffalo for a third round pick. I completely forgot about that trade because I was so fixated on on Chicago's trades. But that was not a bad depth move for the for the Capitals. The Capitals have always been. Like I said, they've always been on the, a cup contender, but they've never been able to get past the hump. So uh, getting acquiring a depth defenseman and Mike Weaver, and it's not a bad move by Chicago, uh, by Washington. And then you get it gets even better because then then they acquired Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman from the Canadians. Yes, that was what Chicago did last night. So Chicago got Christian Ehrhoff, the defenseman from the Kings, in exchange for Rob Scuderi. They just flip flopped defenseman there, Rob Scuderi. We used to play for Los Angeles, which is. So uh, the Kings are just trying to trade, get back what they used to have, I guess. And I, I don't think the Kings have really enjoyed their hops play this year. So they trade him to Chicago. And then, like you said, they just got Thomas Fleshman and Dale Weiss from Montreal. And this trade broke late last night. And you just looked at it and you just go, wow. Chicago's going for it. They're loading up. Well, they just keep on getting better. I don't know how this team does it year in and year out. So they just improved their Depth forwards, their third line right there with Fleshman and, and Dale Weiss. And then they already traded for Ladd. They traded for Airhoff. And that they the Blackhawks are going for it. They're going for it all. And, they, and I would place my money on the Blackhawks for sure. Yeah, Blackhawks are obviously a good pick to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think anyone's going to sit there and say they aren't. For the second time in two years, back to back. So, like, three out of four years are going to win the Cup. If no it would be four, it would be four years in like four four cups in like six or seven years. Yeah, yeah. I want somebody in the Blackhawks organization, general management, to come down to the Boston Bruins. I mean, wouldn't everyone like that though? I mean, the, with the moves he's pulling off, but it also yeah, but it also helps when you get the first overall pick and you get Patrick Kane. It also helps when you're able to draft Jonathan Taze. So true. I mean, we had, we have to really go back in depth, look back on that one, see which other teams had chances to get some of these players, but that's for another day. So obviously, like being able to acquire Pekin and Taze obviously started the whole thing. But, so the but show- how do they do it? How do they do it with the salary cap that they have? I mean, it's just incredible. 
so the yeah, so this is what the um, so Chicago got Dale Weiss and Thomas Fleischman in exchange for Philip Deneau and a second round pick in 2018. So that's not a lot to give up by Chicago right there. So Chicago finds a way to keep improving, like you said. And now, Marco Marco Dano is going to be a good player in the future. I'd keep an eye for him. I, I watched him play. So it's going to be um. So Chicago didn't give up a ton though for these players, and they're going no, they did and they're going for it all. And I would place my money on Chicago. Which is why I think that the Bruins shouldn't even bother trying to play for a couple more extra weeks in the playoffs. And they should just keep thinking towards the All future. Right, so but that's just me. The Bruins play Chicago twice. Uh, one, uh, actually, once this week. So we'll get into that breakdown in a few few minutes. But if the Bruins beat the Blackhawks both times they play them before the season's over, would you... Would that's a different story. I, I'll say I'm, if, that, if, that happens, if that happens, I will say I'm completely wrong and the Bruins are going to go far. I will promise that statement coming from me. All right, so we'll have to wait and see about that one. But anyways, around another, another NHL news I want to get to besides uh, the trade deadline is Alex Ovechkin scored 40 last night. He scored his 40th goal of the season eight times in the past eight years, I believe. Eight, eight years and out of 11 or something like that that he's scored 40 or more goals. And he's one behind Mike Bossy. And this kid, Ovechkin just scores goals, man. He just knows how to find the net. I don't know how he scores so many goals, but he does. It's incredible, Ovechkin. He's going to hit 50 this year. Yeah. No, I doubt my mind. Yeah, he, he has a chance for 50. Unless, the only way he probably doesn't is if, as if, um, if Washington doesn't, like, play out the rest of the year and kind of, like, coasts because they had such a lead. Right. But I don't, no, I, I don't think, I don't think they'll do that because I think in hockey you always want to be able to improve and get better. But, man, oh, man, Ovechkin with 40 goals. Also, I don't know if you heard this news about the Maple Leafs benching Joffrey Lupo and James Van Riemsdyk for yes, the rest of the season. I did. They're, they're quote-unquote injured. They're not injured. They're going for, Maple Leafs are going for the number one pick. I know. I said the same thing to a, They're going for Austin Matthews. They're going for the Jaguar. They're going for Austin Matthews and Steve Stamkos. I, know, I said the same thing. I said, I said to one of my buddies, I was like, dude, I think, I think JVR is a smokescreen. And he was like, what do you mean? I go, I don't think JVR is actually hurt because he's, I think he's going to be skating soon. He's going to be skating like next week. They just don't want them to play. And I don't blame them. Nope. But they're – come on, Toronto. Don't try and say they're injured. They're not injured. They're fine. I never even heard – I didn't even know James Riemsdyk was injured to begin with. To begin with. Yeah, he was he's been injured for quite a while. He actually did get actually injured, but he's supposed to be making a comeback like relatively soon. And, That's a player the Brewers should go for. Yeah, I know. And the Leafs just said that he had a setback. So yes, yeah, that's a lie. The setback is a lie. There's no way he had a setback. No, that's a lie for sure. And yes, the Maple Leafs are going for the number one pick. They're going to try to separate themselves from Edmonton. I know that's which that's what they're trying to do. Because if you look at the Maple Leafs lineup, you go, "Who are these players?" You don't even know. Right? Like, you don't even know like any of them. Any players on their team? No, you don't. But, anyways, also, did you watch the stadium series last night between Detroit and Colorado? That was fun. Not, not Joe Sakic. The the Joe Sakic has not lost a shot. Oh, man, those two teams, when you were growing up watching hockey, those are the two teams that you wanted to watch play. Those two teams were so good, and they hated each other. It was awesome. No, they did. It was the best thing because it was the fights. Oh, that was some, there the was fights, some blood. The fights, the skill, the hits, they would want to kill each other. It, that, was the one of the, that was the best rivalry growing up that I can remember was Chicago and, and Detroit. I mean Detroit and Colorado. Yes, yeah, sorry. I, I got a little... My little brain lapse there. 
but I mean that, to games, see so to see a lot of those players play, you could tell that most of those players that were playing in that game were from the '96 2001 teams. You see the lineups: Joe Sackick, Peter Forsler, Milan Hedu, uh, Rob Blake, Adam Foot, uh, Claude Lemieux, Claude Lemieux, Patrick Mike Barr, Ricci. Then you have Steve Steve Eiserman, Brendan Shanahan, Nick Lindstrom. Oh man, this was this was incredible. And you had Patrick Waugh, and two other didn't have Chris Osgood. Oh man, that it's just the the skill and the the rivalry of those players on the ice. You just sit there and you go, "This might be the best." That that hasn't changed. You can tell from watching the game like that, that rivalry that, hasn't that changed. That might be the best alumni game ever. Did, did you see how many people were at that game? Oh, it was, it was filled, wasn't it? Forty-three thousand plus. I don't think an, I don't think an alumni game will do any better than that. Nope, no way. I the Bruins hit like I think the Bruins hit like thirty thousand, but that was about it. Wow, that 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 those alumni. I want to tell you the alumni roster. Like, oh, holy smokes! This game actually might draw some blood. Also, I'm hearing news. Uh, just tweeted from Darren Dreger a second ago. Chris Russell was informed yesterday he is likely to be traded. No surprise. Very strong market. Pittsburgh and Boston, the front runners. That's well, interesting. The Bruins are trying to get a defenseman, so that's good news. The Bruins are trying to. Chris, it's Chris Russell. He's from uh, Columbus, right? He's in Calgary. Calgary. Okay, that's that's a good and move. The Bruins will be, like and that. the Bruins will get a nice look at him on Tuesday night when they play the. They need they need him before then. So <laughs> so we'll wait and see if uh, Chris Russell. Oh, actually, he'll. <laughs> that's funny because that's what I said. I just said that he'll, the, you know, the... he'll be in Boston. The, he'll be in Boston the day before. Imagine he gets traded to Boston in his first games against his former team. Right. That's funny. Oh wow, that's that's interesting to keep an eye on. And that's what I said. I want the Bruins to go after someone that nobody's thinking of. And Chris Russell's the name I haven't seen come up. I I still want Dumba. I my eyes are on Dumba. I like Dumba from Minnesota. Yeah, it's very good. Very young play defenseman there. He's very good. I agree. But uh, also, don't forget to tune. Uh, if you if no one's if no one's doing anything and they listen to the show sometimes, sometime within today, Stadium Series tonight, Colorado Detroit, another the last outdoor game of the year. Should be a good one. Obviously, I'm pulling for Colorado to keep Detroit away from the Bruins, but I'm pulling for Colorado on this one. But I could see Detroit winning it. Yes, of course, Detroit can obviously win it. But I hope. Actually, no. I'm gonna take that back. Colorado's gonna win. They're in the Mile High City outside. Yeah, that's tough. Altitude. I forgot about the altitude there. Um, I think Colorado's got this game. Yeah, so that's gonna be a fun game to watch if no one's doing anything. If you're not around, uh, the Bruins aren't on, so there shouldn't be much to do. Yeah, exactly. Unless. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how that game goes. I'm hoping for a good outdoor game, obviously. And then um, tomorrow, if tomorrow's game game of the week is is uh, Chicago in Washington at 12:30. Huh. I'm watching that. That's one. gonna be a good game to watch. Two of the top teams in the NHL right now: Washington and Chicago. 12- and then you got the Bruins and Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night. Yes, and then we'll get to uh, the Bruins games this week. The Bruins have three games this week. Uh, and they have a doozy on Saturday, as both me and you will talk about next Saturday. But um, the Bruins have two, three home games in a row. <laughs> that's scary. Four, four in a row, three this week. Yeah, that's scary though. Uh, yeah, very scary. <laughs> so the Bruins, uh, the Bruins, the biggest game for me is obviously tomorrow night against Tampa Bay. The Bruins and Tampa Bay are tied for second place. Tampa Bay has kind of found their stride recently. They've been playing a lot better. The Bruins and Tampa Bay do match up pretty well. For some reason, the Bruins always seem to play well against Tampa Bay. This is one of those matchups that the Bruins play well against. Yeah, but uh, this, I'm still worried about this game, obviously, because Tampa Bay is still very skilled. They have Stan Coast, who's heated up. They have Tyler Johnson. They have Bishop, who's playing solid in that. They have good defense. This is going to be a tough game for the Bruins. 
Oh, it's going to be an interesting game to watch. You know, like I said, the Tampa Bay speed is what scares me the most when it comes to this team. And the Bruins played Tampa Bay twice before the regular season ends, so you can really have a taste that the Bruins would have faced Tampa Bay, how they'd be at the point later in the season. Yeah, it's going to be a grind for the Bruins the rest of the season, but especially against Tampa Bay, they play Florida, and they've obviously played Detroit again too. So the Bruins will be playing all these teams they could match up against in the playoffs. And this is how you know which direction the Bruins are going to head if they struggle against these teams. In the, in the regular season, they have to play well. They have to show something to Bruins fans. That's an automatic. It is an automatic. So, um, then the Bruins will have the trade deadline on Monday. So, we'll see where this team's at Tuesday night when they play the Flames. But it's going to be interesting. Interesting you said 48 hours because they have a game against Tampa Bay who they're fighting neck and neck with for playoff positioning and then the trade deadline. So, if you're, if you're a hockey fan, it's going to be a great, great week to see what happens in the NHL with the Bruins, with everything. Hey, I don't know if you've noticed, but the schedule seems to work in the Bruins' favor a little bit this week. It's just, the Bruins are playing Chicago, and it's going to be the second of Chicago for back-to-backs. Yeah, that definitely, that definitely does help. Who they play the night before? The Red Wings. So, yeah, it definitely does help for the Bruins. The Bruins will be playing the Calgary Flames on Tuesday night. Dougie Hamilton's return to Boston. I think the Bruins, Bruins fans should boo him out of the building because he want, didn't want to be here. But I might actually go to that game. I actually might go to. That. <laughs> I'm tempted. I might go to that game too. Actually, I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Not you say that. So we can boo Dougie Hamilton because he didn't want to be here because the Bruins didn't want to sign his his baby brother to a contract. Now that might be the game to go to. You know that one game we've got to go to before the season. It's only been one this year anyway. But that should be an interesting game. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau will return to his home college of Boston College. He from New Jersey, but he went to Boston College. Obviously, people from Boston know who Johnny Gaudreau is because of the college hockey atmosphere in Boston. So that's going to be a nice, interesting game for the Bruins. And then and the Stanley Cup champion Blackhawks will come to town Thursday. The revamped Blackhawks, you should say, with all their uh, retooling and trades that they made. So Bruins have three home games this week. What do you think? <laughs> uh, you really want me to say it? You're going to say 0-3, aren't you? What do you think? I'm thinking. You got you. <laughs> You're gonna all in three. No, I'm gonna go one, two. I'm gonna say two and one. They're gonna lose to Chicago. They're gonna lose to Chicago. The result from that last Flames game. The Flames are big on speed. Um, Tampa Bay is big on speed. I actually think they can beat Chicago if it's a physical game. And they're gonna. They're gonna. As insane as that sounds, coming from me, they're gonna beat Chicago. I mean, they're gonna lose to Chicago. They're gonna beat Tampa and beat Chicago. I don't see I the speed. I'm thinking more about the team speed. I think the Bruins. Gonna... I think the Bruins match up well against Tampa Bay, and I don't think Calgary will be able to generate as much speed when they're playing at the Garden. If true, I mean it depends on who you have Cal- on, the night, Cal- uh, on the ice against Char. Cal- pretty much, Calgary has Calgary has great home arena, and they play great at home. I don't think Calgary plays as good on the road. It'll be interesting. Um, no, I'm not even going to put Strap on once they one and two. I might agree with, I might actually switch my point and agree with you on this one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Jason. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, they, I told you, it's tough. It's tough to predict these games because hockey's a sport where. Yeah, but the worst part is I've been right most of the time, so I, I, I play with house money, house money here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to say they go two and one, but they lose to Tampa. It is Tampa, but that would be the toughest game to lose, I think. If the Bruins are going to lose a game, that's the toughest game to lose. But 
Well, the way I got to disagree, I, I got to disagree with you somewhere. You say, you say they're going to lose to Chicago. I say they're going to lose to Tampa. We're both agreed on Calgary, which we both made in about that game. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. So we'll have to wait and see about that. It should be interesting, interesting week for the Bruins with the trade deadline with three games at home. Hopefully, the Bruins can continue their home, their home win against Pittsburgh because that <laughs> that was the only game they actually won was against Pittsburgh. Hopefully, the Bruins can continue building some success at the TD Garden. They're all fans. They're probably just going to be like. I'm not gonna buy tickets anymore. Well, that's what the fan, that's what that's what's going on at the TD Garden. And Jack Edwards has kind of said it. The TD Garden's like an empty place when the Bruins play it. It's not fun to watch. It's like pulling teeth watching the Bruins. I got a first I got a firsthand experience of the quote. Would you rather go to the dentist or watch the Bruins this week myself? So I can see that. Right. So like Pittsburgh was, <laughs> Pittsburgh is one of the only good home games games the Bruins played all season long. So hopefully the Bruins can build off that for this week and. And show show us that they actually can play well at home. No, it's I guess it's a big game. We have to win that. And also, before we conclude our show, let's go give that shout out to Red Sox beat. Yes, please uh, tune into our TLNS Radio uh, Red Sox beat. They've had some great guests, uh, Trini Kuznarek, Pete Abraham from the Boston Globe. They've had some great Red Sox people on their show. Go check them out. TLNSRadio.com. Jared, um, Lauren, and Jess do a great job bringing you all Red Sox news. This Red Sox season is right around the corner. Spring training is underway. First week of spring training, so please give them a give them a follow, give them a listen. They do a great job over there, at Red Sox beat. Yes, yeah, great show. The episode last week was awesome. When the interview they had last week, it was great to listen to, and it's going to be great hearing all the news about Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval. Exactly, the fat third baseman as they're talking about. Exactly, you, all the Red Sox news that they have it at CONS Red Sox beat. So please go give them a listen, go give them a follow. They do a great job over there as well, as well as Jason and I do. So. That will conclude our 19th episode of Bruins Beat. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MikeSetter22, at JasonBuckley91, at Bruins underscore Beat. Uh, please go to clnsradio.com. We have a bunch of Bruins-related news there, uh, game recaps, opinion pieces, breaking news, weeks in review, Providence Bruin pieces, Bruins prospect pieces, all everything you need is on there. Please go check it out. Also, you can find us on uh, iTunes at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast, and you can find us on the uh, CLNS Radio app. So go ahead and check it out. Um, and like I said, we like we love doing this every single week. And next week's show is going to be huge. Absolutely, and if, trust me, if you go to clnsradio.com on Tuesday, we'll have all the latest Bruins trade deadline news that will be broken if there's anything to report. It will be on CLNS Radio, so please. Check us out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be reported right away if there's any news that's coming out. Right. From here on forward, we'll be putting that news up right away. Right. So please give us a go follow us. Go go to our like our page. Go to CNSRadio.com. We have all the greatest sports news there. But uh, that concludes our episode. But we'll talk to you next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins. <laughs>